Sports Talk with Scott. You are now in the mix of Sports Talk with Scott. Here he is, the great Scott. How's it going, everybody? How's it going? I thank you for downloading and subscribing Sports Talk with Scott. I am your host, the great Scott. Man, what a wonderful weekend it was last weekend, sports, and what a wonderful weekend is going to be. Week 10 of the NFL, it's here already. I, I can't believe it. Week 10 is already here. We're so close to the playoffs, so close to the Super Bowl. Hell, we're so close to another decade. But I cannot wait to break that down. Two great fights this past week. The NBA, I cannot wait to talk about that. And hey, Monday is Veterans Day. I just want to dedicate Episode 9 to all the veterans out there. Show my appreciation. A big thank you and a big salute. And without further ado, let's dig into some sports talk. Like I said, the Canelo fight. Man, I, I got to say, I was expecting a knockout. I was not expecting it as late in the 11th round, you know, in the 11th hour. But Canelo came out nonetheless and he gave he gave it his all you know he looked good at 175 pounds he looked great he still had the good defense he still had his speed his power was unbelievable I cannot believe it and Cove I could Cove threw career highs in punches he threw 745 punches he only landed 15 percent of them he threw 577 jabs and only landed 10 percent so he threw so many punches but he didn't land a lot and so Canelo had great defense it took him to the 11th round where he landed 19, 19 power punches in the 11th round and kind of knocked him out. He won the WBO light heavyweight. He jumped up two divisions up just to fight this guy and get this title. So very nice job by Canelo. He looks good. I cannot wait for his next fight. That'll be sometime next year. Uh, I kind of wonder, is he going to stay at the 175 or is he going to go back down to 160? I don't know. He looked good at 175. He looked great at 160, so only Canelo could tell. This guy, he's on a, he's on a boxing tour. But the other fight, the UFC fight, Nate Diaz, man. Nate Diaz and Masvidal, they fought. Nate Diaz got knocked out, and then he announced that he's going on a hiatus. He just said he's out of the fight game for right now, so I'm taking that as a hiatus and not a retirement. But I got to say, you know, Masvidal really fought this guy. Masvidal really took it to Diaz. You know, he got the knockout. His, his face was just all blooded up. He landed 69% headshots compared to Diaz, who landed 53%. But Masvidal just really wanted it more. You've seen it. He, you know, he came out aggressive. He came out, you know, just doggish, just really ready to get after it. And Diaz just came out like he, you know, he was, he, it was given to him. And so that's a shame. Masvidal got the win. Diaz, like I said, he lost due to a, you know, pretty much a knockout. But he, hey, he's he's on a hiatus. He's gonna start selling that weed with his brother Nick. So that's something to look forward to. But transition to the college football world. College football released their first college football playoff rankings, ladies and gentlemen. And I gotta say, I, I am shocked. You know, number one is Ohio State. I don't know where in the damn schedule Ohio State has played anybody that's competitive. LSU at number two, Alabama at number three, Penn State at number four. My gosh, get it right, college football playoff guys. Get it right. Penn State should not be in there. I understand they're undefeated, so you're trying to give it to them. Also, Clemson is undefeated. Why didn't you give it to the old, to that team? You know they're the reigning you know college, they're the they're the, they're the reigning champions. Why didn't you give it to them? But Ohio State at number one, Big Ten. So it's two Big Ten, two SECs. I I prefer the SEC in there. The SEC deserves to be in there. LSU has had a tough schedule. Alabama has had an okay tough schedule so far. You know, they, the first four or five games, it was just a dog walk, cakewalk. But they should be there. But Penn State, I do not believe, should be number four. I don't believe you should have two Big Ten teams in there. It, if anything, you have to wait. 
to put two Big Ten teams after Penn State and Michigan play, at least. Just to, you know, that's competitive nature right there. But to have Ohio State at number one, Penn State at number four, no. I believe LSU should have at least been number one. Alabama at number two. Ohio State at number three. And then you could have had Clemson at number four. And Penn State there at number five. I do like the Georgia one following up at number six. I do like that. But then you also got to put, you know, a Florida loss. But hey, I, I I like that. And then, but this weekend, you tomorrow actually, you have uh, LSU and Alabama playing. This game is going to be very good. This game is going to be great. Both of these teams match up very well on offense and on defense. They're they're not in the swamp. I wish they were in the swamp, but they're in Tuscaloosa. They're in Alabama. But this is the game tomorrow. This is the game to watch. LSU and Alabama, two SEC powerhouses, ladies and gentlemen. Two SEC dogfights, man. I cannot wait to see this. It's going to be a lot of hitting. It's going to be a lot of passing, a lot of running. Both of these teams are just stacked. I mean, both of these teams, they rank up there. They both have around 500, 500 plus tackles on defense. And then not to mention they're rushing. Both have over 1,200 yards rushing. They both, both quarterbacks have over 2,000 yards passing. This is going to be a very exciting game. I believe the over-under is going to be past 50. This is going to be, this is going to be a very high scoring game. Actually, I think the over-under is going to be over 100. I think both of these teams are going to be in the high 50s. But who knows? Both defenses may come out tomorrow and they may shine. That's going to be something to watch for. I cannot wait for that. Like I said, LSU at Alabama tomorrow. That's going to be great. Transition to the NBA. John Collins has been suspended 25 games. Oh, man, this is just a, such a heartbreaker for the kid. He, he was taking synthetic PEDs. He got caught. He suspended 25 games. DeAndre Aiden, he had a similar situation, but it wasn't synthetic PEDs. But he also got suspended 25 games for the same thing. On an interesting note in the NBA, LeBron James came to Chicago. He came here, to, he came here with us, came out to Chicago, and he got heckled by some fans. You know, they're just talking shit to LeBron. And LeBron just couldn't take it, so he said something jazzy to him. And it really didn't even mean nothing. But this brings up a bigger point, in my opinion, about athletes. You know, there was a whole thing with KD, Patrick Beverly, and Russell Westbrook last year. These athletes got to understand, we as fans that go to the game, we pay your salaries. You know, we still go when these ticket prices are sky high. We still go. We pay your, you know, your outrageous contract. And so we should be able to sit there. If you're an away team, we should be able to heckle you. We should be able to talk shit to you. You have to be man enough to take it. Hell, you're making all this money. What do you have a complaint in the world for? You're doing the one thing that you truly love. So you should be able to take shit. Somebody talks bad about you. They say you, you, you know, you have no jumper. You can't shoot free throws. You have to be learning how to take it. And I understand some fans do get carried away. And yeah, they should be. You know, they should be. You know, disciplined. But they shouldn't be kicked out of the game just for talking shit. Hell, you know, we're, we're shit talking in my house. So hey, I welcome shit talking. But you know, NFL, NBA, MLB. These guys got to get better at getting heckled. They got to get tougher skin. These guys are too sensitive. They cry too much, and I'm kind of getting tired of it. But I'm glad the fans in, in you know in Chicago they brought it to LeBron, and you know what? I, I wish they would have made him cry. <laughs> but hey, these th- these guys are just too sensitive. But like I said, also another note: you talk about sensitive Kawhi Leonard. You know he's resting. 
Well, come on, man. What are you doing resting? You got you got this nice contract. You got you play for the Clippers. You got 82 games a year. You're not even getting fat. You're not even getting hit like the NFL guys or the NHL guys for that matter. But you guys are resting. So there was just a whole big thing about Kawhi Leonard. Doc Rivers actually got fined fifty thousand dollars for that. So that's just something interesting. These guys are already resting. It's all it's only the third week of the NBA season, and to already see that, that's pretty funny. The NFL transitioning to the NFL. Deshaun Jackson, who came back last week, only played one series before he went out. He's out for the remainder of the year. Uh, he will have he had surgery already, and so the Eagles now have to go find a piece. I, if Antonio Brown wasn't acting so damn crazy, he just was acting crazy the other day. If he wasn't acting so crazy, the Philadelphia Eagles would probably go out there and pick him up. But they are in need of a wide receiver, and so that's just unfortunate for a guy who was back. He's 32 years old. He may play again next year. I hope he does. He still has lightning speed, so that'll be amazing. Nick Foles. He will take over the starting job after after they come back from the bye. Garden Minshew, it looks like Garden Minshew luck has run out. He lost last week, and so the team said, hey, Nick Foles is ready. He will return after the bye. So that will be something to look for. How does that team respond? In other words, A.J. Green in other news. This guy, he was destined to play this week. And now this week he won't play. His first time playing, he's going to make his season debut against the Ravens this Sunday, and now he will not. He is hurt. His ankle is apparently, he suffered a setback. His ankle is swollen, so he will not play. And to be honest with you, there is no telling when this guy might play. And I have him in my fantasy league. So all you fantasy league owners, just the FYI, I am dropping his ass. I'm tired of him. I'm tired of holding on to him. My IR spot is full, so no if you can, get rid of A.J. Green. Go find some other talent. Tyler Boyd, if he's still out there. Uh, Erickson, if you if you want to go get Erickson, if he's available in your league. In other news, in Antonio Brown news, and this guy, he was he, he's going to be with the NFL next week. He tweeted out yesterday on Thursday, he's done with the NFL. He's quitting again. These guys are ripping him off. You know, this guy just can't handle drama. Somebody needs to take his Twitter account away because this guy is just going crazy. And so he said he's not quitting. He came out today and said he's just frustrated with the whole process. But I don't know. Antonio Brown is crazy. Like I said, if he wasn't acting so damn crazy, there were teams that want this guy. There was talks of the Seattle Seahawks, you know, wanting this guy. Philadelphia Eagles would be a prime candidate to go get this guy because they're so down at wide receiver. And Nelson Aguilar, his mishaps, Matt Collins isn't showing up. Uh, Whiteside, he's not the guy that they drafted that they thought they drafted. So they would be a prime candidate. But Antonio Brown, I look for him to be in the league after week 13, week 13 or 14. If the NFL concludes their, you know, Concludes the investigation into him. I believe a team will risk it all and go sign this guy. But like I do all the time, I'm going to break down the early games for the Week 10 slates. You can check out the late slates and the Sunday night slates. My DFS thoughts on the website, sportstalkwithscott.com. And you can also check it out on Instagram at Sports Talk with Scott. I'll also have lineups posted like I always do every Sunday. But without further ado, let's dig into Week 10. 10. I cannot wait. Bills at the Browns. The over-under on this one, 40. They got the Browns winning by three. I, I, I'm surprised that they have the Browns winning by three. But hey, let me tell you something. The Browns get Kareem Hunt back officially. Kareem Hunt will play. He looks to have a significant role on Sunday. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, he is a nice sleeper. I like a nice stack play with him and Nick Chubb. Because it's, it's a in a large tournament, he's $4,500. You can't beat it. I, my bold prediction, I think both of them will get 100 yards and at least one touchdown. And they're going against the Buffalo Bills. Their rush defense is ranked 19th. They let Adrian Peterson 
Peterson run for 108 yards last week, and he's like 30, he's 36 years old. These guys are both 24 years old, so they got young, you know, young legs. Mayfield, I don't know. If these guys get it going on the ground, I think Mayfield will turn a notch. He'll get Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham involved. But it's something to tell. I would fade Mayfield only from the standpoint of check this stat out. The Bills rank third on passing defense, but they also rank third and second and allowing the least amount of fantasy points to quarterbacks and wide receivers. So that's something I would probably fade Mayfield and get Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But on the Bills side, I like the Bills. I like I like Devin Singletary. He looks to be 100%. He looks to be good to go. The Browns defense ranked 30th against the run, so Devin Singletary may have a big day. It's just not no it's just the unknown of how many opportunities he will get with, you know, Frank Gore, Josh Allen running also. But I like Devin Singletary. His price, you can't beat it. I got the Bills winning that one. The Chiefs and the Titans, Patrick Mahomes is back, ladies and gentlemen. The over-under, when I wrote this, this was unknown. Patrick Mahomes' news broke today that he will play, so the over-under will drop. I'll update that on the website. But Patrick Mahomes is playing. It's going to be nice to have him back. But he had, his knee is probably still sore. 24 days after a dislocated knee, it will it will still be sore. I don't think he will run a lot. I think he'll drop back and step into his throws. This sets the downfield throws up for Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, Sammy Watkins. I think if he's looking to get it out quick, that sets it up for Travis Kelsey. But I do I do like a lot of Tyreek Hill. I do like a lot of Patrick Mahomes. You can I mean he's worth the price of admission, ladies and gentlemen. He won't run a lot, but he will be dropping back and stepping into his throws. The Titans defense, they're middle of the road, but against a nice offense like this, he's worth the price of admission. The Ryan Tannehill experiment is working out in Tennessee, and so I I don't look for Ryan Tannehill to throw a lot in this game. I look for them to run more. The Chiefs defense is ranked 29th, and like I said, they have allowed 100-plus rushing yards in the last three out of four games. So Derrick Henry could be in for a prime day. Corey Davis is not going to be playing. He has a hip injury. So this state this sets the stage up for A.J. Brown and also Adam Humphreys. Adam Humphreys is a nice sleeper in large tournaments. He's going to be very low on. I don't think a lot of people will pick him going against this Chiefs defense. But none other, I do have the Chiefs winning that game. The Giants at the Jets. This is going to be actually a great game. Reason being, everybody's saying it's the Jets. What are you talking about? Yes, it's the Jets, but they have to come out and win, ladies and gentlemen. The Giants, man, after a heartbreaking loss with the Black Cat last week coming on the field, they were up on the Dallas Cowboys 9-3, but they end up still losing. They also lost Evan Ingram out. He's out with a knee injury. Then they lose Sterling Shepard. There is no telling when this guy is going to be coming back. With the concussion injury, he's supposed to be back this week, but who knows. But I look for Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, and Golden Tate to get it going. Especially, I'm going to tell you another nice sleeper, Darius Slayton. The rookie, I like him. Golden Tate may be, I mean, he may not be locked up, but it sets another weapon, especially with Evan Ingram being out. And if Sterling Shepard don't play, I like Darius Slayton that much more. So look for these guys. And the Jets' defense is all banged up. They're, I mean, they still have Jamal Adams. They got rid of Litter Williams. They don't have C.J. Mosley. They did get Quentin Williams back, but their linebacking core is just all banged up. And they don't have Tremaine Johnson. So that I mean, he's, you know, they, they're ready to cut him, so he won't be playing. So their secondary is all banged up. I like the Jets in this one, too. I love Robbie Anderson. I think he's going to be doing a lot of surfs up celebrating. Sam Darnold did not look for him last week, so I expect for him to be looking for him this week. And against this Giants defense, 
that ranks 25th against the pass. And Janoris Jenkins, he is the worst deep ball corner out there. Robbie Anderson is pretty damn fast. He's up there with Tyreek Hill. So I look for him to burn Janoris Jenkins and have two nice bombs at touchdown. So I do like Robbie Anderson. I do got the Jets winning, but I do like some of the Jets players, especially if Le'Veon doesn't play with his knee injury. That'll be something. The over-under on this one, 43. We got the Giants winning by 2.5. I actually like that one. That is actually the more realer one out there. The Cardinals at the Buccaneers. Over-under on this one, 52.5 with the Buccaneers winning by 5. I like this game. Can you say air attack? Because that's all this game is going to be. This is going to be a damn air attack game. Kyler Murray is going to be lights out. Cliff Kingsbury is the, actually the guy to watch here. He's finally realizing how to coach as an NFL coach. He's not doing these college coaching styles. You know, he for, for the longest time, he forgot about the tight end. Now his tight ends are starting to get more involved. He's actually starting to come around. I look for Kyler Murray to be on point. And they get David Johnson back. And so now you got a committee back with David Johnson and Kenyon Drake, who shredded the number two rushing defense last week. And he's going against the number one rushing defense. I look for David Johnson and Kenyon Drake to just completely run off. And not to mention that the Buccaneers' pass defense ranks 31st. So Kyler Murray should have a good day, especially if Cliff Kingsbury gets him going. Christian Kirk and Fitzpatrick, they should be in for a nice game, a nice day, especially if it's a shootout, which I think it will be. Because most of the Buck, all of if not all of the Bucks' games this year have been shootouts. They haven't been blowouts. They've been shootouts. They've been pretty close. Jameis Winston, famous Jameis, he didn't th- he didn't have a turnover last week, which is surprising. I look for this I look for this offense to get more of Godwin involved this week. Mike Evans has been hot two weeks, and so Godwin has kind of faded in the background. This is a guy that led the league in receiving yards two weeks ago, and he's kind of fallen off because Jameis Winston's shied away from him. Now I think the Cardinals have put Patrick Peterson on Evans, and that has set the stage up for Godwin, and not to mention the Cardinals' pass defense ranks 29th. 23rd against the rush, I would fade Ronald Jones, Fade Peyton Barber. They Buccaneers do not run a lot. But this kind of sets the stage up. A lot of people have been talking about O.J. Howard since he is back. I don't know. I would put him only in a few contests. I wouldn't play him a lot. But I do like Famous Jameis and Chris Godwin. I also do like Kyler Murray. Uh, David Johnson I probably would stay away from and then play more Kenyon Drake just because you don't know how healthy David Johnson is, although he is expected to be his normal workload. The Lions at the Bears. Oh, man. Over under 42.5, the Bears winning by 2.5. I'm surprised they have the Bears winning. The Bears, if this is the second week in a row that they will face the second worst pass defensive team. If Mitch Trubisky cannot come out and do it against the Lions, they need to start shopping his ass or, or, or start looking for a new quarterback because this is the defense to do it against. I like David Montgomery. I love I I love David Montgomery this week against this run defense. Mr. Trubisky, I would like him if he really if he was able to pass more. He should though. Allen Robinson should have a good game. David Montgomery should have a good game. Hopefully, if Mitch does not do well, they'll put Chase in and let them shred this defense. But if not, I don't know. I I, I don't know what to say about Mitch. They need to start shopping him real fast. The Lions, it's going to be a nice Matthew Stafford day. They have not found their replacement for On Johnson. They are going against the eighth-ranked rush defense, so I don't see a lot of running game going on. Although J.D. McKaysick, he did look good last week. I don't expect that same thing. I expect Matthew Stafford to be hitting the guys like 
Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, and TJ Hawkinson. If Hawkinson is healthy, he got hurt last week, so that's to be known. But Jesse James, nice sleeper play. I like him, but I expect it to be a heavy Matthew Stafford. That stack of Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, that'll work again this week with Matthew Stafford at cornerback. But like I said, the Bears have to run. They're going against the 30th-ranked pass defense and the 29th against the run. They have to score points, and they should against this. So Matt Nagy has to come out. Like I said, David Montgomery, I expect him to have 20 plus carries with over 100 plus yards and two touchdowns the Falcons at the Saints I like this game from the standpoint of Matt Ryan is back and this guy has a lot of guts he's going to be low on receivers he will be low on receivers since they traded away Muhammad Sanu so I do look for a lot of Julio Jones a lot of Calvin Ridley and a lot of Austin Hooper. Those are the big three guys. I expect all three to be right there in the prime location and the Saints secondary is are missing pieces P.J. Williams is still suspended. He, this is his last game from from a two-game suspension, so they are weak. So Julio may have a big game. I've been fading Julio for these last few weeks. Tomorrow I think I pick him back up and start back on the Julio train. I expect him to have a good game. I expect Austin Hooper to have a good game. And not to mention this, the Saints rank 24th with allowing the most fantasy points to receivers. So Matt Ryan and Julio could be in for a big connection day. And Matt Ryan is a fantasy stud. The only time he did not put up was the time he got hurt he only had like 11 points but other all the other times he puts up like 25 points the Saints on the other hand I love the Saints stack I love Drew Brees Michael Thomas Alvin Kamara I love that stack that stack is gonna work it's gonna be nice against this Falcons team that ranks 23rd against the pass 21st 21st against the run and they they rank 29th with allowing the most fantasy points to receivers I look for Michael Thomas to have a great game Every team that has played the Falcons this year, their top receiver has gone crazy. So Michael Thomas will have a great game. I like that stack. Stack them up. Welcome to the stack shack, as Tay would say. I got the Saints winning. Over under on this one, 51. Saints by 12.5. Last game of the 1 p.m., the Ravens at the Bengals. Oh, man, can you can you say it's going to be the Mark Ingram show? Because that is all it is going to be. They, the Bengals' defense is trash against the run. They are trash. They rank 22nd against the pass, 32nd against the run. They rank 31st with allowing the most fantasy points to running backs. So Mark Ingram should have a great game. And Lamar Jackson on the ground for all that matter. But I expect Action Jackson to be more of throwing and let Mark Ingram chew it up since he is the running back. He is going to have a great game. He is a must play for me, ladies and gentlemen. He had 115 yards against the second rank rush defense last week the Patriots and he end up they end up winning that game so you can't tell me he won't have a great game against the 31st ranked team the Bengals like I said will be without AJ Green they have benched Andy Dalton and they're turning to Ryan Finley this guy, I don't know. I seen a good thing. I said I seen good things in the preseason. So I think Tyler Boyd's going to be good. This Ravens pass defense is not that great. It's 20, they rank 26. They have allowed teams to shred them on pass defense, but their rush defense is right there. And the Bengals are the lowest averaging rushing team in the NFL offensively. And so I don't expect them to get much going on the ground. I expect them to be falling down from behind. So I expect them to be airing it out a lot. This makes Tyler Boyd Tate and Erickson a very nice target and also it makes Tyler Eifert a very nice sleeper play because him and Ryan Finley did have a lot of chemistry in the preseason the over under on this one is 44 Ravens winning by 9.5 
I got the Ravens taking this one, and I got Mark Mark Ingram having a hell of a day. But, ladies and gentlemen, those are my Scott DFS thoughts for the 1 p.m. slate only. Like I said, you can check that out on the website for the later slates at sportstalkwithscott.com or on Instagram at sportstalkwithscott. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes Sports Talk with Scott for the week. Until next week, like I always say, have a safe week and a productive week. The great Scott is out. Hey.